Let me turn that on, and it works a little bit better, doesn't it? Psalms 100, if you'll take your Bibles out while you're standing, we'll go ahead and read together. Psalms chapter 100, going to do things a little different tonight and read the entire book of Psalms 100. Now let's get where we're going here. Good to see you on this Wednesday night. I hope you've had a great week thus far and looking forward to the service tonight. God always knows what we need and gives us what we need before we even get here. So I'm looking forward to God speaking to us tonight through his word. Psalms 100, let's read verse 1, and I'll read all the way down through verse 5, and we'll pray and let you be seated. The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Thank God for that. Amen. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let's stop there and pray together. Father God, thank you for the privilege of being at your house on Wednesday night. Thank you, Lord, just for a beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for health, for life, and the privilege to be here. Thank you, Father, for a great week last week. I pray that revival week would not end with the days, but, Lord, would continue in our hearts. And I pray you'd help us, Lord, tonight in the message, Lord, that that would build upon what we received last week. Lord, help us just receive it, respond to it. Be with the many tonight that are out. A lot of our people, Lord, in the hospital, thank you for those that, Lord, have come through surgery safe, those that have been discharged today. Pray you'd be with the rest of those, Lord, that may be home and, and not well. Raise them up, bring them back to us soon, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I do hope you've had a good day today, and uh, boy, it's hard to have a bad day with weather like we've had the last few days. Just beautiful outside. Uh, fall is officially kind of kicking off around our house. The leaves, the leaves are turning uh, yellow and orange. Just beautiful day outside, starting to see the deer move, nice cool mornings. And as I've mentioned to the young people today in chapel, just one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, and I always look forward to it, not just because it's the time of the year we get to eat a lot uh, with Thanksgiving, with Christmas right around the corner. It's just one of my favorite times of the year and uh, really just having the opportunity to reflect upon the goodness of God as we go into this Thanksgiving season. And uh, Monday we had Jolly Keens, had a good time of Thanksgiving fellowship in that. And uh, the Lord led us to share a little bit of a, a devotion. I think that's what we're going to call it, a devotion uh, from, uh, from the Word of God on Thanksgiving. And then today we spoke at both the junior uh, and senior high chapels, and we spoke on Thanksgiving. And it seems like the theme the Lord wants us to carry on. We're going to do just that tonight. And you'll notice right there in the passage we read in verse number 4, the Bible says to enter into his gates with Thanksgiving. And the Bible says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. I've been doing a lot of study on Thanksgiving, obviously with the three different messages we've already preached this week on Thanksgiving. Uh, when you look it up, you'll find the word give thanks or the wording give thanks or giving thanks is mentioned in scripture 98 times. Uh, being here in the Bible Belt, giving thanks or the giving of thanks is something we're very familiar with. Uh, it's something we do just about every time we eat, unless we're in a rush, right? We stop to give thanks for uh, the food we're about to eat. Uh, I told somebody the other day, I forget what I was eating, but it was a big old greasy hamburger. I think it had blue cheese on it and bacon on it, mushrooms on it, and a lot of mayonnaise. I like extra mayonnaise on my burger and kind of helps it go down a little bit better, you know. And sometimes I sit down and look at my food that I'm about to give thanks for and ask the Lord to bless, and I just have to believe the Lord says, are you kidding? 
You, you want me to bless. I think it was Brother Ray. We were at Topher's the other night, and I got that burger that has the melted pimento cheese on it. Oh, my goodness, it has bacon on top of it, and I almost felt bad kneeling down to ask the Lord to bless it. But we're very familiar with the giving of thanks. We're here in the Bible Belt, and we pray, and we give thanks for the food and the blessings that God's given us. And uh, I think the Facebook debate is still going on this week. I checked on it, and sure enough, it's still going on. Do, do we have to ask for the Lord's blessing? and give thanks for leftovers. I don't know if that question's been answered yet, but I did see someone put a post the other day, and I literally laughed out loud because it says, Lord, it's me again with this spaghetti, all right? You know, you've asked the Lord to bless it the first time, and then you break it out for the leftovers. It's always just as good when you warm it up that second time, and uh, we ask the Lord to bless it, and we give thanks. It's something we're very accustomed to here in the South, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, I'm thankful to look over and see people in McDonald's and their children. They bow their head and, and they ask the blessing on their food and they give thanks for their food. But here's the question I'm going to pose to you tonight. Could it be tonight that the giving of thanks is something that we're so accustomed to that it's become a custom? Is it something we're so accustomed to? I mean, we pray. I mean, we pray over our meals. We pray over, somebody said, today, are we supposed to pray over snacks? I'm not sure about that one either. We've got to consult the Word of God. Let's look into the Greek. Try to find out, are we supposed to pray over snacks when you stop for a little Debbie or something like that? But we're so accustomed to praying uh, and we're so accustomed to giving thanks. Is it something that possibly tonight has become a custom for us? Something we just go through the motions and we could quite possibly be missing out on the whole point of what it means to give thanks. I saw the video of the little girl. I'm sure everyone has seen it by now. 27 million views online of a little girl who's talking to her mother. And uh, the, the mother on the video starts off by saying, I forget what the little girl's name was, but says, what is God's name again? And what is God's name the little girl just innocently looks up at her mom on the video. You're going to have to go home and look at it. It's clean. There's no bad words on it. Go up and look at the video of a little girl telling her mother what God's name is. And she looks, uh, the mom has, turns the camera to her daughter and says, what is God's name? And she says, his name is Howard. And the little girl is so sincere. And the mom says, what do you mean? How do you, where did you hear his name is Howard? She goes, no, I know his name is, is Howard. And she says, you know, in the Bible, it says, Howard be thy name. And the little girl's just sure about it. And here she is, our Father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. She was just sure of it, positive of it. And she says, that's what his name is. She kind of missed it, didn't she? All right, now, I appreciate the innocence of children, but she's missing it. It's not, it's not Howard be thy name. And for those of you who thought that was his name as well, it's hallowed, okay, hallowed be thy name. I had a friend one time who thought the very same thing about the angels, you know, about the archangels, what one of the, the archangels' name was, and it says, Hark the Herald Angels. She, she thought one of them's name was Harold. Hark the Herald Angels sing like Michael, Gabriel, and, and Harold. She totally missed the whole point of it. If you're not careful, we're about to enter this Thanksgiving season. We're already there. Jolly Keens, we had turkey and dressing on Monday, and I'm sure some of you have already been to Cracker Barrel. I had some of their turkey and dressing just the other day. Boy, it was really, really good, and we're entering this Thanksgiving season, but I pray that, that Thanksgiving and the giving of thanks is not just something that we're accustomed to so much that it's become a custom. Let's not miss the point of it. Let's make sure we understand what this Thanksgiving season is all about. And here's a question I want to pose to you tonight in way of introduction. Is it possible to give thanks without being thankful? 
Is it possible to give thanks without truly being thankful? Now, I believe tonight there's a difference in giving thanks and being thankful. I'll give you an example I think we all know very well about. It's probably happened to us as kids, and we've done it with our kids. Uh, how many times have you told your child, or I'm sure we all have told your child, say you're sorry? Say you're sorry. And they look at the other sibling that they just poked with a knife or punched in the nose, and they say, sorry. Okay, they, they said they were sorry, but the question is, were they sorrowful? Not at all. He's like, is that it? All I have to do is say sorry? Well worth it. I'm going to punch you in the other eye. That's all that I have to do. They say they're sorry, but they're not sorrowful. Just like oftentimes, I believe we give thanks, but the question is, are we truly being thankful? Now, I believe there's a difference, and I want to show you tonight in the, this message on, on the keys of being thankful. And I want you to notice what the Bible says in verse number 4. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now watch this next phrase, two words. The Bible says, be thankful. Be thankful. How can we make sure that going to this Thanksgiving season, we're not just going through the motion and doing Thanksgiving? I, I told the teenagers today, we all have a lot of traditions. I'm very traditional. I'm very sentimental. I like to go see my wife's family, see my family, you know, touch all the bases during Thanksgiving. Let's do Thanksgiving, okay? I asked my wife just the other day, what are we doing for Thanksgiving? That means, okay, what day are we going to see your family? What day are we doing something with my family? You know, what day are we doing in this church? What day are we doing Thanksgiving? If you're not careful, you'll do thanksgiving without being thankful. Verse 4, the Bible says, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And then it says, be thankful. Here's what's interesting. 98 times in Scripture, you'll find give thanks or giving thanks. Only one time in Scripture will you find the two words side by side, be thankful. It's Psalms 100, verse number 4. Do you know, in order to truly give thanks... You've got to be thankful. You've got to be thankful. How many times do we give thanks for our food when maybe we're not being as thankful as we should be? So the message tonight is not just about giving thanks. We're going to do that. You're going to gather around a table, most likely with friends, most likely with family, or maybe you want to keep all the food to yourself, and it's just going to be you there at your table gathered around that deep-fried turkey full of calories. And you're going to gather around and you're going to give thanks. But here's the question tonight. I hope we'll reflect upon this thought in verse number four and ask the question, am I really being thankful and am I thankful for all that's done? So tonight the message is very simple. It's on being a thankful believer. Being a thankful believer. And as we go into Thanksgiving, let's question whether or not we're just going to give thanks or are we going to actually be thankful. So how do we make the jump from giving thanks to actually being thankful? Be very simple in our points tonight. Number one, being thankful requires becoming thankful, right? Being thankful requires becoming thankful. Now, here's what you've got to understand. Being thankful doesn't naturally occur in the life of human beings, okay? Being thankful doesn't naturally occur. Let me give you a scriptural example. Remember the 10 lepers? Remember the 10 lepers that were healed? And man, they were so excited that they got healed. They took off, man. They went off. Now they're healed. They can go about town. Uh, they can go in the public. They can actually come in contact with people. They've been healed. But how many came back to give thanks? One. Can we do the math? That's 
90% of them, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure they were giving thanks as they went away, but only one of them showed their thankfulness by coming back and giving thanks to Christ. Why? Because that's not natural. We enjoy uh, the, the blessings of God, but we're not always as thankful as we should be. I think that statistic is probably right today. Probably only 10% of us are actually being thankful for what God has done for us. So how do we be thankful? Well, we have to become it. We have to become it. It's not going to naturally occur. So how does that happen? We'll give you an example in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible says, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance... But as he which hath called you is holy, watch this, so be ye holy. All right? So the Bible says in verse 4 of chapter 100 to what? To be thankful. Not just to give thanks, but to be thankful or to become thankful. How do we become thankful? Well, it's the same pattern the Bible says in 1 Peter 1. The Bible says, as God is holy, to, so be ye holy. Now, can I ask you something? Does holiness just happen you know what? Boom, I woke up this morning and I just started feeling holy. So therefore I am holy. Oh, no, no, no. Holiness is the process, the Bible calls it sanctification, that we become more holy. It's not just naturally going to occur. Now, if we're going to be thankful, it's something we have to become. It's a process that we have to go through. Now, folks, understand this tonight. If you want to not just give thanks... But to genuinely be a thankful believer, it's something you're going to have to strive to become. Just like holiness. Holiness doesn't just happen. Wouldn't that be great if holiness just happened? Would it be great if all of a sudden you just woke up and you didn't want the things of the world anymore and you woke up and there was no temptation and you woke up and you didn't desire the things in the flesh that were not supposed to happen? Would that be wonderful if it just naturally happened to become holy? It doesn't happen that way. Matter of fact, you might be holy today and unholy tomorrow. It's a fight to become holy, and it's a fight to stay holy, all right? So the Bible says to be holy. That means you've got to strive to become that. It's the same thing with being thankful. You have to work at it. You have to strive to be thankful. It's not naturally going to occur. Now, here's one of the greatest cop-outs in all of Christianity. People say, well, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. Well, what's this? Here's the good news. That's not who God asked you to be. That's who God told you to be. All right? And so if that's who God told us to be, if he says be holy, look, doesn't matter if that's who you are or not. Figure it out. Figure it out. You know, my daughter over there, I'm thankful she's a pretty good kid. She's obedient in most things. We still have some trouble with the green vegetables, but I understand that. I still have trouble with celery myself. Sometimes I'll tell my daughter, Molly, this is what I want you to do, or this is who I want you to be, or this is who I don't want you to be. And, uh, you know, she can't just say, Dad, <laughs> that's just not who I am. <laughs> if she said that, I probably would laugh just for a moment. Why? Doesn't matter. That's who I want her to be. I'm her father. And it's her responsibility to become and strive to become the person that I'm training her to be. Now, it's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. I've heard people say before, you know, the Bible tells us to go out in the world to compel them. People say, you know what, I'm just not a soul winner. Doesn't matter. That's who we're called to be. So you know what I've got to do? I've got to figure out how to become. I've heard people say, that's not how I was raised. That's not who I am. 
That's not where I come from. That's not my personality. So God says, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I didn't know that you, I, no, no, no. God says, no excuse. Imagine if you went to your job. The first day on your job, first day on your job, and maybe it's something you've never done before. Everybody had a first day, right? You have a first day on your job. Your boss says, okay, here's your job. I want you to run this piece of machinery. You say, well, look, I, that's not who I am. He says, well, guess who I'm not? I'm not your employer anymore. And you're fired. You lose your job. But watch this. Because you want a job, because you want a house, because you want electricity, because you want that turkey at Thanksgiving, you're willing to figure it out to become who you need to be to have what you want to have. Correct? Now, folks, here's our problem. We don't want to be thankful enough to become thankful. All right? You say, God, God, you know, God is good. God is great. Thank you for this turkey. All right? You gave thanks. But were you thankful? Look, thankfulness is not naturally going to happen. You're going to have to work at it. Think about some sports you play. Look, our girls a couple of years ago, girls, forgive me for a moment, okay? Volleyball, not so good, all right? There was a little while there. It's a volleyball, Dad. I'm like, just keep it off the floor, you know? Just keep it off the floor. Just, can we, can we win one? Y'all girls remember that first year? We didn't win one. We didn't win one. Man, this year they won the championship. Do you know how that happened? They woke up one morning and ate Wheaties. Boom. It just happened. They became stellar athletes that I promised to take to Disney World. All right? They became that overnight. No, they worked at it. They worked at it. Now, folks, look, you're not going to be holy natural. You're going to have to work at it. And you're not going to be thankful. You've got to work to become that. But thanks be to God, through his grace, we can become what we're not. Aren't you glad? You might be one of the most stubborn, selfish Christians in the world, and you'll say, I'm just not one of those people that find good in things. Number one, you need to check your salvation, okay? But maybe you are saved. And you say, well, that's not who I am. Why don't you become that? The grace of God is sufficient to help you to become what you're not. And the Bible says we're supposed to be thankful, not just act thankful. We're supposed to genuinely be thankful people. I'll give an example of how this works, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. The Apostle Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Now watch this. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 is a far cry from the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. Oh, my soul. He went from being a Christian killer, locking up people, putting them in prison, breaking up families, and now he's preaching the very gospel that he sought to destroy. How did he get there? Here's the answer. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God. So the grace of God helps us become. But wait a minute. You can't just sit here and say, God, I'm waiting on your grace to be poured out on me and make me a thankful Christian. Not just going to happen that way. Why? Well, Paul say, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Now, what's this? Paul traveled more. He preached more than the other apostles. The apostle Paul planted more churches. He wrote more books. Now, Paul's not bragging on himself because he says it was the grace of God which was with me, but Paul had to add a little bit of that L word that we don't like very much, labor. 
You gotta labor to become what you're not. Don't listen, don't be satisfied with the excuse, that's not who I am. Don't be satisfied with the excuse. Listen, that wasn't the way I was raised. No, look, this is who we're called to be. And if that's who we're called to be, let's labor by the grace of God to be a thankful Christian. Not just a Christian who gives thanks, but a Christian who is becoming thankful. Now, you know me, I love to look up words, and yes, I actually look up the word be. All right, if, if Bill Clinton could look up his words, then I can look up my words, okay? So I looked up the word be. I think he looked up is. I looked up be. Some of you were born after that. You don't get it, but some of you will. <laughs> Google it. The word be is the definition. Here's the definition. Be describes a quality that someone possesses. Be describes a quality that someone possesses. When I read that, 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 illustra- or that definition, uh, my, my illustrative mouth began to salivate. It didn't say, be describes a quality that someone professes. It says it's a quality that someone possesses. God doesn't want you to profess thanksgiving as much as he wants you to possess thankfulness. And when you possess being a thankful Christian, you'll profess it a whole lot easier. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You ever see one of these these Christians who just seems to find good in everything? You know, they're so optimistic you want to knock them over the head sometimes. Let's just be honest. We all know those people. The glass is always full. It's not half full. It's always full. And you're thinking, how do you find good in everything? Well, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for something to be thankful for. Now, folks, let me tell you something tonight. We're called to be thankful, not just to give thanks. We're called to be thankful, and that begins by us becoming thankful. It's a process we've got to work at. Do you know professing and professions come very easy? How easy is it for you to profess something? I'm so thankful for this country. I'm so thankful for this church. It's so easy to profess. Matter of fact, I was listening to the president on television the other day, and somebody asked me about the economy, and he's talking about record job earnings and record growth in the economy. And I'm thinking, what world are you living in, man? Dollar General's still out of everything here right on the corner of Elks Lake Road. It's just so easy to profess things, correct? But, oh, it's a little bit different when you have to possess something. You know, to have a possession, you have to work for it, don't you? At least that's what God says. What does Proverbs 14, 23 say? In all labor, there is profit. In all labor. That means if you want to become a thankful Christian, you're going to have to work at it, all right? It's not naturally going to occur. You've got to decide, hey, God's called me that, therefore I want to become a thankful Christian. So number one, becoming a thankful believer requires becoming thankful. Number two, you say, this sounds interesting. I want to be verse four. I want to be a thankful Christian, not just to give thanks. I want to be thankful. So how do we get there? Well, number two, being thankful needs a beginning. Being thankful needs a beginning. So how does that work? Well, I remember when I was a kid, I don't remember the exact age or date or when it happened or the year it happened, but I remember mom and dad teaching me to say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and no, ma'am, okay? I wasn't born saying that. 
uh, we were on vacation, and uh, I was witnessing to a lady on vacation, and she was a few years older than me, maybe 9, 10, you know, maybe 50, 51 years old, and, you know, she was old enough. I kind of felt like it warranted the yes, sir, uh, the yes, ma'am, you know, to her, and uh, she says, uh, she says, you don't have to call me ma'am. I said, yes, ma'am. I couldn't help it, <laughs> you know? Said, you don't, you don't have to call me ma'am. I said, yes, ma'am. It's in there. It's part of who I am. All right? Now, at some point in my childhood, thank God I had a mom and dad that was willing to start that in my life. You know, I, I have a friend of mine, we disagree on this subject uh, very, very vehemently. Their child calls the, uh, says, huh, and what, and their child calls the parents. We're talking about 10, 11, 12-year-olds call their parents by their first name. The first time I heard it, I'm not kidding, my skin crawled off my back. I'm just like, if you don't slap him, I am. <laughs> That's just what I felt like. So my wife, hold me back, hold me back, hold me back. I'm just really, be honest with you, it went all over me. I said, hey, quick question. Look, you know, look, I'm not judging you or anything like that. I just, I'm just curious. Is, is, that, is that how y'all do things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't believe in all of that authority structure and all that. We are equal as human beings. <laughs> I want to know, does he pay rent? Pay for his own doctor bill? Does he pay for the groceries and, and all of those things? Okay, we ain't equal, okay? And the Bible says we're not equal, all right? Now, mom and dad taught me that. It didn't come naturally. But wait a minute. In order to become that person, this is who I am now. I mean, it's almost hardwired in there that if someone, if I perceive you to be older, I'm going to say yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no, ma'am, no, sir. That's just who I am. But watch this. I wasn't always that way. I had to become that. But in order to become that, somewhere it had to have a beginning. All right? You got to start somewhere. Understand this. You'll never become what you don't begin. Can we remember that? You'll never become what you don't begin. You know, I want to become thinner. I really do. I do. I really do. The kids in uh, chapel this morning were asking things they were thankful for. This kid raised his hand and he says, I'm thankful for donuts. I said, me too, brother. I'm too thankful for donuts. That's part of my problem. I want to become thinner, but I've yet to begin becoming thinner. Do you know why? Look, we're about to go into Thanksgiving. There's no point in dieting during Thanksgiving, correct? And then after Thanksgiving, we build up a Christmas, church Christmas parties. You invite me over to your house. I invite you to mine. There's no point in beginning a diet in December either. Why? Because you're going to be eating all that time. Well, January's my birthday. January's Leslie's birthday. February's Valentine's. We're going to go out to eat a nice steak on Valentine's. There's no point in beginning that. So I'm looking around March. I'm looking around March sometime. Awful convenient, isn't it? It shows you how serious I am about becoming thin. You see, when, you, when you're serious about becoming what you're called to be, you're willing to begin becoming. Now, folks, if we don't get this tonight, we're going to come to the place at the end of our life where we've excused away all of the opportunity God gave us to become who he's called us to be. To be holy, you got to start somewhere. you got to start. It may be as simple as saying, you know what, we're not going to watch that show anymore. Start somewhere. You say, well, I just think you ought to throw the whole box out the window. They called it in the 80s, the television. We're going to throw the whole television off the television. Hey, great, go for it. But start somewhere. 
We're not going to watch that anymore. We're not going to listen to that anymore. We're not going to go there anymore. We're not going to hang around. Start somewhere, okay? It's the same way with being thankful. Start somewhere deciding, you know what? I'm going to be thankful for, I'm going to be thankful for something today. And you ought to have you a, a journal. That's what guys have. Girls have diaries. Guys have journals. You're going to have a little journal, and you're going to write down every day, here's what I'm thankful for. Here's what I'm thankful for. I thank you for the beautiful sunset today. Fine. Look, you got to begin somewhere. Watch the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. He became that through labor. But watch this. Where did it begin? Where did it begin? 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 1, the Bible says this. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul says, by the grace of God, I've become what I am. By the grace of God, I labored. It was not in vain. It was the grace of God. But it all began back there on the road to Damascus where God called me to be something. He called me to be an apostle. He didn't call me to act like one. He called me to be one. He didn't call me to dress up and pretend like one. He called me to be one. And that's where it all began. You see, you got to have a beginning. Sooner or later, you've got to decide, I'm going to be a thankful Christian. I'm not going to be this old sarcastic curmudgeon that sits around and gripes all the time. I'm going to be thankful. And I'm going to find something to be thankful for. Matter of fact, you ought to find someone to be thankful for. Someone sent me a text today. Boy, it's just a blessing, blessing to me. Going throughout my day, get a text from somebody, and I'll be honest with you. You know, I have my text hidden where all you see is the name. And names pop up on there, and you're thinking, okay, isn't it amazing how fast your brain goes? And you're thinking, what's wrong? Somebody's sick, somebody died, you know, just running down the, and all of a sudden, I, should I swipe it, should I not, should I swipe it? Because, you know, bad news can ruin your day. And I'm like, ah, oh. boy, I swipe it, open it. It was an encouraging text. Somebody said, hey, I just want you to know, I thank God for you. <sighs> this made my day. All of a sudden, somebody chose to do that. You got to choose. You got to have a beginning where you decide, you know what? I'm going to be a thankful Christian. That may not be who you are, but that's who you're going to become. Why? Because the grace of God is sufficient to help you become who God's called you to be. Paul was not a disciple when he got saved, but boy, he became one. How? By the grace of God. Philippians 4 6 is a verse I have read so many times this week. I think every time I preach this week, I've read Philippians 4, 6. I recommend to you Philippians 4, 6 in the world we're living in right now. But I want you to listen close to what the Bible says. Philippians 4, 6, the Bible says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. He's telling us what not to be. Don't be careful. Now, like the kids in chapel this morning, he's not saying be reckless, okay? Some of you husbands are looking at your wife right now. You see, I can drive the way I drive. It's okay. The Bible says, don't be careful. I'm just following Scripture. That's not what it's saying, okay? It's saying not to be anxious and not to worry. So the Bible says, don't be anxious. Be careful for nothing. Watch close. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So watch this. He says, here's what I don't want you to be, and here's what I want you to be. I want you to be thankful with thanksgiving. Be thankful. But wait a minute. It's hard to be thankful and be anxious at the same time. Is that not what he just said? Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So what's close? I got to choose what I'm going to be. 
Am I going to be thankful or am I going to be anxious? Listen to me. The devil can't make you do it. You choose who you become. We live in a society today. It's so sad. Society refuses to take personal responsibility for who we become. I'm who I am because my dad was a lowlife. I'm who I am because of my family tree. I'm who I am because of the neighborhood I I grew up in. And we take no personal responsibility for who we become. But the truth of the matter is, we choose to be who we become. You will be who you choose to be. Perfect example, most of us know back in 2002, uh, the heartbreaking kidnapping of Elizabeth Smart, 14-year-old teenager, kidnapped out of her house, went through horrors for months and months away from her family. Elizabeth Smart could have chosen to be a victim the rest of her life. She could have chose to be bitter, and she could have chose to be angry, but here's what she says. It's not what happens to us that defines who we are. It's what we choose to do with what happens to us that defines us. You know what she's saying? You're going to be who you choose to be. You're going to be what you choose to be. If you want to be holy, you got to choose to be holy. It's not going to happen. you got to decide, today's the day I decided to become holy. Today's the day all of that begins. It's the same thing with thankfulness. If you want to be a thankful Christian, look, I'm not talking about just being a shallow optimist. I'm talking about a genuinely thankful Christian. You've got to get to the place where you choose to be thankful. I'll give you a prime example. I told the teenagers today in chapel. Some of my dearest friends uh, at this church and our most, some of our most faithful people in our church are fighting cancer right now. Cancer. Two of them I know in a heated battle with cancer. I have visited with them many times, sat in their homes, sat at the hospital with them. And I walk in thinking, i, I got to find something to say to encourage them. i got to find something to say to, to, to be a blessing and to encourage and lift their spirits. And no doubt, every time I walk out of there, they have lifted mine. Doctors have done us all they can do. Doctors have reached the end of their capability, and it's obviously as it's always been in God's hands. And yet, they're full of grace. They're full of peace, contentment. As I sit there and I talk with them, they tell me what they're thankful for. I want you to understand, you have terminal cancer. It'd be so easy to focus on what is wrong. And to choose, you know what? Here I was, I got saved, tried to do right. In the end, I ended up getting cancer. Hmm, looks like God just left me high and dry. But instead of choosing to be angry and bitter and doubting, they choose to be thankful. You see, you have to choose that. That's not going to happen naturally. You've got to choose it. Now, folks, tonight, you ought to decide that you're going to be a thankful Christian. You may not be it now, but you're willing to become it. But it, be, has, has, it has to have a beginning. Now, where do, where do we become thankful? Ephesians 5, 20, listen what the Bible says. Giving thanks always for all things unto God 
and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a very important word in there, two important words. The Bible says giving thanks always for all things. How can you give thanks and be thankful when things are not going your way? Surely what he means is give thanks when things are going well unto God. Hey, give thanks always as long as things are going good. No, that's not what he says. Did not he say give thanks always for all things unto God? How on earth could you be thankful with cancer? How on earth could you be thankful when there's trouble in your home and be thankful when there's trouble with your kids and there's trouble in the world? Well, the Bible says give thanks for always for all things. Here's how you do that. How do we become and where do we begin? Thankfulness begins by acknowledging that God is over all. You can give thanks always in all things because God is over it all. What did Job do when he lost everything? Ten children, property, his wife's confidence, later his friendship and his health. And yet the Bible says that Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. He gave thanks. Do you know why? Because he knew God was over his trial. The trial never got bigger than his God. And folks, when you know that that trial had to go through and get permission from God, you can give thanks for it because, hey, my father signed off on that. My mom's been in the hospital many times. Thank the Lord she's still with us. You've got to have mom around for a long, long time. Amen. And I remember in the hospital, times we go before us general and see her. One time, she was there 30 days. Dad stayed at the hospital 30 days. My brother and I ran the house. We didn't burn it down, believe it or not. 30 days, she was up there in the hospital, and we would go up there and just trying to wonder. You know, Mom's a pretty sweet lady, pretty kind lady, wondering why all this stuff's happening, you know. There's a lot more meaner people in the world that could have got sick than my mom. Amen. And yet my mom got sick. Boy, I just had this. I don't know how I feel about that, God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We go in there and visit mom. Remember one day she told us, she says, look, there's nothing that's happening to me now that God hasn't approved. Nothing. As in Job, you know the devil had to get permission to get after Job. That hedge was about him. Job knew that no matter how bad things got, God was over all and God was going to work through it. And the Bible says, all things work together. Our father can take the most heartbreaking of circumstances and make them work together for good. That's why you can be thankful. I can be thankful for the parts of my life that I don't like. I can be thankful. Why? Because I know, listen, as a child of God that's in the will of God, nothing is going to come my way without God's permission. And if God lets something come through that I don't like, I'm going to sit back and wait to watch how God works it for good. Do you know how many times I've seen someone saved at a funeral? Funerals are sad events, saying goodbye to someone, and yet through that funeral, someone come to know Christ. That's why Paul says, I want God to be glorified, whether by my life or by my death. He says, God can work through my life. God can work through my death, all for good. But folks, there's got to be a beginning where you say, you know what, God, I trust you. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to trust you because you're over all, so I can give thanks always for all things. Finally, why is this such a big deal? Why in verse 4, did he, did he not just say give thanks? He said, I want you to be thankful. 
Don't just give thanks. I want you to be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why is it such a big deal? Well, it's more to it than just being an optimist, okay? More to it than just being an optimist. Do you know that thankfulness is one of the greatest testimonies you can have of who our God is? Thankfulness. Thankfulness. So what do you mean? Number three, the reason you should learn to become thankful, to be thankful, is being thankful shows our belief. Being thankful shows our belief. You see, when you're thankful even in the tough times, always for all things, when you be thankful, God, I'm, I'm going to be thankful. I don't like it. This does not feel good. I'm not, I'm not laughing through it. God, this really hurts, but I'm going to be thankful. What, you know what you're doing? You're acknowledging God's goodness and God's providence and God's power over all. You're showing the world this is how much I trust him. I'm going to be thankful in all things always. You know it's easy to trust God when things are good, aren't they? The Buddhists do that. Muslims do that. They're faithful when times are good. I mean, even the worldly religions do that. But you know what catches the eye of the world? When someone's faithful and times are not good. That's when you show what you believe. Times are tough. Finances get thin. You're not sure about your job. You're not sure about what's about to happen. And yet, you just keep being thankful. God, I'm thankful you're showing what you believe. It's easy to profess it, isn't it? But it's hard to possess it. It's hard to show it. Giving thanks is good, but being thankful is a whole lot better. That's why Psalms 107.1, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Every service I preached at this week in Jolly Keens and in chapel today, I've read Psalms 107. And I love those four words where the Bible says, For he is good. For he is good. You know, we can look around and complain about what is not good. The world, circumstances, economy. Yeah, it's not good. But you know what? Everything that's not good pales in the comparison for the one that is good. And you, listen, you have joy in your heart. You have peace in your heart. Why? Because Psalms 107 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. You see, thankfulness in the midst of a world, uh, a pessimist, is a reflection on just how good and who your God is. But if we're not thankful, you know what that does? We're not being useful to God. A thankful Christian is a useful Christian. Think about Paul and Silas. What were they doing in the jail? They were sitting there like one of our prisons now with air conditioning, college education, weight rooms, probably got, you know, sauna. They have tanning rooms in there. Go get a spray tan on and all that. I mean, no, 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 no. They had been beaten. They were chained. They were hurting. They were condemned. And yet the Bible says they sang praises. The Bible says the prisoners heard them. Why? That's kind of odd. Someone gets beaten and whipped, and yet they're singing praises. You see, Paul and Silas have shared what they believe, but now they're showing what they believe. You show it. You show it when it's hard to be thankful and then lo and behold, there comes along this jailer, says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He says, I want what you got. I want what you got. If what you got is good enough to be thankful for when you're beaten and you're chained in prison, I want what you got. You see, that's why we've got to become thankful Christians. 
be thankful believers. Why? Because there's a world out there that could be introduced to our God through our thankfulness even in the bad times. Easy to be thankful in the good times. Acts 5, 41, the Bible tells us that when the apostles, when they departed after being beaten, the Bible says they were rejoicing, that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They were showing what they believed. The antithesis to this, and I'll give you this and we'll close, is Romans 1, 21. Romans chapter 1, verse 21, we read about a pagan people. The Bible says this, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Listen to the next three words. These heathen, wicked people who didn't glorify God, the Bible says, neither were thankful. Neither were thankful. As the world got darker and darker and further and further away from God, one of the evidences of it, they were not thankful. They were not thankful. Do you know? A good barometer tonight for where you are with your walk with God is how thankful you are. If you're getting to the place where you complain more than you are thankful for what God, you may be getting into that dark place where they are in Romans chapter 1, where the Bible says they knew him, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. And here's what happened. They became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. They weren't thankful. Folks, thankfulness is the evidence of who our God is. Unthankfulness is the evidence of a God that we don't know. And Romans 1 shows you these people, they didn't know him, and they were in darkness. The Bible says one of the evidences was they were unthankful. Can I ask you tonight, would you be willing not to just do Thanksgiving this year? Instead of saying, you know what, what are we going to do for Thanksgiving this year? Are we going to do a turkey? Are we going to do a ham? Are we going to do Thanksgiving at their house or my house? And we're just going to do Thanksgiving. Instead of doing Thanksgiving, why don't we be thankful? I don't just want to give thanks. Lord, thank you for this turkey and this great meal. Amen. No, I want to possess it, not profess it. I want to be thankful. So watch this. I want to become thankful. That's not who I am. I'm not somebody who walks around all the time. Isn't it just a good day to be alive? <laughs> that may not be who you are. That's not who I am. Wasn't the sunrise gorgeous this morning? And you say, what was a sunrise? You say, well, I got up at 6 o'clock. You say, what do you mean you got up at 6 o'clock? 6 o'clock's in the afternoon. No, there's actually another one in the morning. You say, man, it was just beautiful. Did you hear the birds? Did you hear the birds? The leaves are just orange and yellow and just, oh, it's just, it's like a Better Homes and Gardens magazine cover out in my backyard. <laughs> you say, well, that's not who I am. It's who you could be. You could be a thankful Christian, but you got to become that. Don't say, that's not who I am. That's not, no, no, no. That's who you, the Bible says, be thankful. But you got to have a beginning. Being a thankful believer, you got to have a beginning. Why don't you decide tonight? Tonight's the night. You start a diet. Doesn't happen naturally. You just start one. You start a job. You start a hobby. Why don't you start what God's called you to become? Why don't you say, I'm going to start being thankful. Tonight, I'm going to find something to be thankful for. But remember, most importantly tonight, being thankful shows our belief. Say, I'm going to show the world who my God is by being thankful always for all things. Tonight, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let's stop there.